welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hello, friends. For this episode, I sat down with Lauren Eberspacher. Lauren is a speaker and author of the blog From Blacktop to Dirt Road, where she talks mom life, business, and shares her real everyday pursuit of knowing and loving Jesus. Lauren and I talked about everything from mom life, how she turned her blog into a business, and how she writes with grace and truth for a national media outlet. We also talked about her struggle with postpartum depression and anxiety. My favorite thing Lauren said is the thing that makes her writing relatable, but so truth and gospel filled for women. Listen to this. So often women just want to hear me too. You know, I am feeling this way and I'm experiencing this. Um, but really what I like to hone in on um, on the blog is uh, for me to say me too, but God and always and always follow it up with um, with what God has to say about what we're, what's going on in our lives as women. Lauren talks about things on her blog that most moms have dealt with, but offers a vulnerability and openness that is really hard to find, even in this age of authenticity. She's real, but gospel-centered, and always points readers back to Jesus and the hope we have in Him. So without further ado, here's Lauren Eberspacher. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Haley. Um, so I'm just going to give everyone a little bit of how I came to hear about you, but you know, my sister Jordan and, Mm -hmm. um, you guys hung out probably last year at a lake house somewhere in the Ozarks. Is that right? Yep. That's right. Okay. Um, and yeah, but she just told me about your blog. So I went and checked it out and just instantly was really, um, I don't know, refreshed by your level of just honesty and kind of transparency that you talk about issues that I think every mom on the face of this planet deals with. And so I wanted to bring you on to talk to you and see, you know, kind of what your story is. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's good for us as women, um, and sisters in Christ to be vulnerable with one another. Um, so often women just want to hear me too, you know, I am feeling this way and I'm experiencing this. Um, but really what I like to hone in on, um, on the blog is, uh, for me to say me too, but God, and always, and always follow it up with, um, with what God has to say about what we're, what's going on in our lives as women. So, yeah, I think you do an awesome job of that just from what I've seen in your blogs and what you write about and how you always bring it back to the gospel and the truth and the hope that we have. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day for us as women, that's really all that matters, right? Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about yourself and your story. I mean, the name of your blog kind of raises some questions from black, black top to dirt road. Um, what, what is your story with that? Yes, it does. Well, I grew up uh, in the suburbs of Kansas City. And I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. Um, And so I became uh, a Christian and decided to follow Jesus at a really young age. But when I was in college, I went to Heston College uh, to their nursing school. It's a small Mennonite school outside of Wichita, Kansas. 
And when I was there, I met my husband. And early on, I learned that he wanted to move back to his family farm and take over that farm. And so uh, early on in our relationship, I knew that if I really was serious with this guy, that I also had to be serious about moving to a farm, which was not something that I was really familiar with, you know, living in the city, I was used to, you know, going on jogging trails and sipping Starbucks and, you know, going shopping and things like that. And so farms and cows and combines, all of that was pretty, (laughs) all of that was pretty foreign to me. So when we did get married, uh, we went from the blacktop of the city to the dirt road of our farm here now in Nebraska. And so that's how the the name of the blog was um, was formed, and it really just started out as a journey, uh, you know, to share with our friends and family what was going on in our lives, um, and just to show the progression from living in Kansas City, uh, where the where we drove on on blacktops, and then now we drive on country dirt roads. And so it's been fun to share that journey with our family and friends, but it's turned into something so much greater. Uh, than what I ever could have imagined. God took something that was a very small dream in my heart just to share and encourage my friends and my family and talk about uh, the transition um, that we were going through moving from the city to the farm. But God just has really taken that and turned it into something beautiful. And now for me, for me, a full-time job. So what, uh, what does that look like? And, and what does that entail running a blog as a business? Yeah, so a few years ago, uh, I had started a Facebook page for my blog. Uh, I realized that um, I potentially could encourage women other than just my friends and family. Uh, and so I decided that the best way to do that was to uh, to pair a Facebook page with my blog so that I could share my blog posts and just some other encouragement and just to be able to share really where God was meeting me and my journey uh, along the way. And so once I did that, I started to gain more followers and I happened to stumble upon a Facebook page and a website called Her View From Home. Um, they are an online women's journal based out of Kearney, Nebraska. So just a couple hours down the highway from me and I reached out to them and I began writing for them intermittently. And so as I wrote for them, my, my Facebook page grew and I was able to, uh, to really connect with a lot more women, not just from the people who were in my hometown back in Kansas city and the, the small town that we live in now, but it was women are really all over the Midwest and the country. Uh, so I continue to write for them. I actually am a, am a staff writer for Her View from Home right now, and uh, I love that. I'm a, I'm a regular contributor over there. Uh, and then earlier this summer, God opened up uh, just through a, a, a lot of different doors that were opened at the right time. He op- uh, opened up an opportunity for me to start writing for the Today Parenting Team for the Today Show with NBC. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, and that has just been a really neat opportunity, both that and her view from home. I just continue to be humbled that God has given me this platform where I, I don't even just speak just on my blog, but he's given me other outlets uh, to be able to speak and to encourage women and to really just draw them back to the gospel. Uh, so for me, my, my writing workload has picked up. I also have a number of speaking engagements coming up uh, here in in 2018, and so as my as my workload started increasing, I started getting more overwhelmed because mm-hmm. I was a stay at home mom, 
And I was trying to juggle taking care. I've got three small kids. I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And so I was trying to juggle taking care of three kids, trying to, you know, make sure that everybody had food and clean underwear to wear. Right. And take care of my husband and still have somewhat of a social life. And then running this blog and, and doing these speaking engagements on the side. And so it all kind of came to a head this fall. And over about in the month of December, my husband and I just kind of had to sit down and have a heart to heart and say, okay, like this is your job now. This is, uh, this is something that we need to prioritize. This is a way to, uh, you know, have a new source of income for our family. And so, uh, and really just to be professional about it, you know, I think that when you're when you're writing in the middle of the night or writing when you get a chance to sit down on the toilet (laughs) because you might have a few minutes alone Mm -hmm. then or you're writing, you know, in between meals, uh, you know, the the source of of professionalism maybe isn't there as much um, or maybe even just just a sane train of thought, I guess I would say. And so my husband and I came up with work hours um, that I would be able to have. We transformed Uh, my laundry room, our laundry room actually into um, the laundry room. And now it's an office for me as well. It's just kind of my space to be able to come and, and close the doors and, um, and just be able, really be able to work, have a, have an environment that I can work in. Uh, And so it's been, it's been a work in progress. There's still some days that I feel like I'm flying by the seat of my bathrobe, which Mm -hmm. I'm actually wearing my bathrobe right now. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I love it. Um, So, yeah, so God has just really taken something that was a hobby and turned it into something that was a job. And he just really continued to reveal himself to me um, and to my husband, my my job, my writing and my speaking really. uh, It's really a team effort for both of us. You know, Mm -hmm. he watches the kids while I have my work hours. And so um, and he is my editor. (laughs) He edits everything that I write. and proofreads it and really is just an encourager for me. Um, and so it's really been beautiful to watch kind of this, um, you know, this teamwork, you know, come, come together that we, we haven't really had before. So it's been quite the journey, especially in the last, you know, in the last six months. Yeah, that's amazing. What a cool, what a cool thing that God kind of brought out. Was that something was working before you started this was, was it in your plans or hopes or, or prayers to, be able to work while being with your kids at home? Or was it more of like a surprise that you were not anticipating? Yeah, it was definitely a surprise that I was not anticipating, to be honest with you. I've, I've actually get that question a lot. Um, there has been a lot of women who have said, oh, you've just, this must have just been something you've always desired to do. And honestly, the actually making it a job, no, you know, I've, I've always had, um, a very, um, a heart of evangelism. My dad was, um, was, you know, a pastor for years. And so evangelism was very much a part of my daily life growing up. And so I've always had this, this heart to, uh, to share the gospel really with anybody who would listen. Yeah. But writing, writing has been, uh, having it actually be my profession and speaking be my profession. That was just really something that was very much God orchestrated and something that I just really had to listen to the spirit to. Uh, when I was in college, I actually went and I got my nursing degree. So for seven years, um, prior to having kids, uh, I was an oncology and hematology nurse and also did quite a bit of work with um, with hospice care. And so I, I have continued to keep up my license and thinking, you know, maybe someday I'll go back, you know, maybe with our, when our kids are older. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for but for the longest time, I've just always thought, you know, 
I'm just going to be a stay-at-home mom. I just felt like that was what God was calling me to do and just to be available to help my husband with farming and, uh, you know, bringing meals to him and helping move machinery around and just kind of kind of being available when he needs me. Uh, but again, God has just made it very evident and very clear just through a lot of prayer uh, and just through a lot of just really waiting and anticipation on him. And he has just been so faithful and giving giving really clear direction to me just on on where to go with with this job and uh, just what he really wants, wants it to be. So, yeah, that's great. Um, you can I back up a little bit to something you mentioned when you were talking about as you guys started to prioritize this work as a real job, mm-hmm. um, you said that, you know, you started to really turn it into a team effort instead of, you know, just something maybe you're doing on the side and your, your husband plays a role in that. And that I identify with that a lot because I feel that my husband and I also say all the time to each other, like we're a team, we're a team. Yes. So if mm-hmm. one of us has to give up something for the other to thrive in something that is important and that's, that's what we do. And so, but I think along with that, uh, something that I personally struggle with in that whole team effort, uh, section of life, I guess, which is all of life, but something that I struggle with because he is the one who leaves the house and goes to the job Um, whereas I stay at home and work is this comparison game of Mm -hmm. comparing, um, you know, the amount of time in my head. And sometimes I'll even say this, like I've been dealing with them all day. So that's why I'm impatient at the end of the day or, you know, justifying my mood or attitude or, or kind of outlook on life based on what I've had to deal with compared to what he's had to deal with. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that something you guys have struggled with? And if, if so, is there like, what have you found that is helpful in just redirecting our hearts back to the truth? Cause I know that's not from God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, one thing that I've really struggled with over the last year, and I'm, I'm sure that we'll get into this later, but I, I struggled with postpartum depression and anxiety fairly significantly this year, uh, for the first time after having, uh, our son Deacon last February. But one of the things through that struggle and just in the process of turning from blacktop to dirt road into my job, uh, I have struggled with resentment towards Mm -hmm. my husband. Um, you know, sometimes he will come home and I'll have dinner, dinner ready and we'll sit down to eat. And my husband will tell me about all these things that he's done all day at work. You know, he got to go and do this Mm -hmm. and see this and he got to spend time by himself and he got to go to the bathroom by himself and his coffee was hot when he drank it. And all the while I just feel this resentment just, just boiling inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with that resentment Haley for a really long time. I really kept it bottled up. And one of the things that I have just found is that I have got to be proactive about being verbal with my husband about that. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling like frustrated with him or feeling these negative emotions, the best thing for me is to get it out and actually just to ask him for his forgiveness. Mm. Um, that has been one thing. That's one thing that I think in marriages we overlook a lot. Uh, we tell them that we're angry and then we don't really do anything past that. 
Mm, And so for me, I can just say, you know what, honey, I am just, I've been mad at you today because you've gotten to go out and do these things this weekend. I've been stuck at home and trying to work at home and I'm just mad at you. And I just need to ask for your forgiveness. Will you forgive me? Um, And so I think that being proactive about it and actually not bottling it up is one thing, you know, that obviously takes a, a choice. Um, but another, another part of that, I think that I have just experienced a lot of loneliness in motherhood, mm-hmm. um, especially when my husband goes out and, and works. And so one of the things that I have, that I have found is really, um, really just recognizing and remembering God as my, as my friend and as my companion, um, that has allowed my prayer life to flourish and to change significantly <laughs> as a mom. Mm-hmm. I always thought that I had um, a fairly constant prayer life before having kids. But the as the years have gone on, and especially with the more children I've had, I found that I have a longing and a yearning for an adult connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always have that. And you probably know this, like you don't always have that physical connection to an another, another adult during the day. Right. And so for me, um, keeping my heart in a constant state of worship, um, having worship music on during the day, um, reciting scripture, uh, you know, when, when I need it, um, and just having more of a conversation in prayer throughout the day, um, it has really just brought this beautiful companionship into, uh, my relationship with the Lord and has really filled a lot of that void of loneliness. Therefore it has put a lot of the pressure off on my husband, you know, off of my husband to fill that void for me. Um, when really I shouldn't be looking to my husband for that in the first place, you know, I should be looking, I should be looking to God for, for my, um, fulfillment and for friendship and relationship. And so I have just found that in these lonelier seasons of motherhood, uh, when I have allowed God to be the companion that he's supposed to be for me, that has really, um, just shifted my perspective, um, and really just brought a lot of joy into some of these lonely seasons that I faced as a mom. Yeah, that's good. I love the practical suggestions. We do a lot of worship mu- music in our house too. And mm-hmm. it's what, amazing. Do you have a favorite, uh, like group or um, like Pandora station you listen to? I do. I, I listen to Spotify. And so normally I'll just oh, yeah. like go to a a song that I like, or we have a few favorites, like my three-year-old loves build my life by Christy Knuckles. And, mm-hmm. and so I'll like turn on Spotify radio based on that song and we'll listen to that kind of stuff. But, um, That's awesome. yeah, I mean all the modern, you know, Bethel elevation, all of those mm-hmm. groups love all that, but it, it does definitely <laughs> music does something for kids when there's, when they would otherwise just be finding things to fight about. I feel like when I turn <clears throat> music on, it's, I mean, it's almost like a sedative, like it actually calms them down to a degree. I'm not saying they never fight, but it is, it just takes them to a little bit better of a mental place. I think it does help. Yeah. And for me, it just, for me, worship music just invites the spirit of the Lord into my home. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it just with the words and just with the, the familiar music, it just, it does, it, it refocuses my heart and it's fun to have dance parties, you know, mm-hmm. when you know, everything is getting ready to fly loose. Like at, at dinner time, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> sometimes you just need a good dance party in the kitchen. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was a time recently we were listening to like kids worship music and it was a song about, you know, um, I don't, I, I think it was maybe like, I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart, you know, that yeah. song. 
And I don't know what, I truly don't remember what was going on. They were fighting about something and I ended up yelling at them while that song is blasting. And I'm like, I'm like, you guys stop it in, in the over, over the joy song. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm hopeless, you know, and not that, not that my salvation depends on my works, but like, even with the song blaring, I'm still going to find that I am not enough. And like, I, my patience runs out and like it, it, Jesus is all like he's better and that's you know the Mm -hmm. answer that's always the answer but it just it brought me to a place of like wow that is just the state of my heart right there like my my own inability to even you know even when you have that that good stuff coming through the speakers your heart is still sick you know yes so much and I think that and I think Satan just like delights in taking that part, that joy of our motherhood away in the middle of those moments. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that he, I think that he likes to use those moments to knock us down and to get a foothold in, you know, in our heart when we can say, Oh gosh, like I I yelled at my kid, like while worship music was playing, you know, like what kind of mom does that? (laughs) Yeah. And then, well, I'm raising my hand over here, right? but you know, you, you get this sense of mom guilt and shame and Mm -hmm. like, Oh God, I'm never going to get this. You're never going to get through to my hard heart. But in his moments, that's where his grace just is poured out on us. Mm. And he, if we let him, you know, it, we can, he can take those moments and redirect our heart and draw, draw us closer to himself. Um, but we have to be able to allow that, right? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's the hardest part is actually just letting go of our pride and, and letting him in and letting us change our hearts. Yeah, that's definitely a hundred percent true. And I think one of the things that is so beautifully frustrating about children is that they do draw out your, they really shine a gigantic spotlight on your weakest places and the places oh, where you sure. need God the most. And for me, it's like, you know, those moments where I'm like, I just want peace and calm. I just want to think mm-hmm. about one thing at a time and not hear tiny voices, you know, bickering mm-hmm. and fighting. And I can't even hear myself think or, you know, um, whatever it is. Like, I just want to be efficient and get this task done. But you have dropped your yogurt three times. And now, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, it's it is always like just revealing that darkness of my heart and that I am still clinging to, to these things for like my okayness. I'm still going to like, I just want to be productive. I just want this. That's all I need. And then I'll be okay. And it's like, that is not, that isn't true. And I know that, but it kids, you know, it's a blessing because they do point you back to the truth. They really do. They know how to push our buttons, but they do direct (laughs) us back to the truth. That's for sure. So talk to me a little about um, your, um, you were talking about your postpartum depression and kind of how you had that for the first time you said with your third child. I did. Yeah. So with Nora and Anderson, we've got, uh, I said that earlier, we've got two daughters, uh, Nora's five, Anderson's three, and then Deacon, our son just turned one uh, here at the beginning of this month. And Mm -hmm. I did not have postpartum depression um, with with the girls at all, but with Deacon, I did. And it started about six to eight weeks after I had him. And it was just kind of this slow fade for me. Um, I just began uh, to be really not interested in anything. I was very much like a hermit. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do anything or talk to anybody, which if you know me, like I'll talk to a tree if it'll stand there and listen to you. Um, so it was just very opposite for me. Um, 
I was having a lot of issues with, um, with like mom rage and just anger and anxiety. Um, and this was really when the resentment part with my husband really started to build. Um, and a very, very long story short, it was really scary for me to have to tell my husband that I was dealing with this because he was kind of in denial that there was something going on. And I kind of had been too. And finally it all came out one night. Um, and we, we just decided that the next day we were going to go into the doctor. And so I went in and talked to my doctor and, oh, just sitting there on that crinkly paper in that doctor's office. And I just wept. I mean, mm. I just wept. Um, the way that I described it to my doctor was I felt like there was this silent scream in my head that had to get out. And yeah. so I would find myself in my closet with the door closed, just screaming. Yeah. I mean, just screaming and crying and being so overwhelmed. And I remember, I remember hearing Deacon crying in his bed and I just didn't want to go pick him up. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know who you are. You're not my baby. I don't, I know I'm supposed to love you. Cause as a third time mom, I knew what I was supposed to feel for him. Right. I knew that I should have been having these like motherly instincts. Like, and I knew I was supposed to be tired. I knew I was supposed to be cranky because I wasn't sleeping. I knew that, you know, like my boobs were supposed to hurt and I was supposed to be all jiggly and whatever from just having a baby. Right. But this was so much past the normal. Um, and for me, the, the biggest thing was that I just had no desire to invest in my relationship with the Lord, which again, something that was just so drastically different from my normal. Um, and so over time, um, I was able to get in and meet with, I, I started taking some medication, um, some antidepressants that also had an, like an anti-anxiety um, factor in there with them. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to go and meet with my pastor and his wife a few times. And then really like, I just had, I just had a group of friends and family that just like stepped up and rallied. Wow. Like they just rallied around me and I was like mortified and embarrassed and ashamed. And these people just did not. And like, especially my husband, like they didn't see it that way. They just saw it as somebody who they loved who needed to be loved and needed to be carried. And I just had this group, this group of people just carrying me. And, um, you know, slowly over time, the medication started to work. Um, I would say it took a good solid four months for me to really feel like, okay, I'm functioning again. Like mm -hmm. I kind of feel like myself, like I, I want to go antique shopping and I want to go run through the sprinkler with my kids. And I like, I love my baby now. Like I have all these feelings I'm supposed to have. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, I think the thing that has been the hardest though, is that I just, I have a lot of regret, uh, because I feel like I missed a lot of my family's life. Mm this year. Um, and that was just really hard, you know, just to feel like yeah. this whole last year, there was a lot of things that I missed out on and, and I couldn't help it. Um, there's that part of you that always feels like, Oh, well maybe I could have tried harder or done this, but I, I know I couldn't have done anything differently. Right. Um, but I felt like, you know, the whole first year of my son's life, everybody says, Oh, doesn't it just go by so fast? And I'm like, this was the worst longest year of my life. Yeah. And so that was, you know, that's always hard too. Um, but I feel like we're really making up for, you know, we're making up for time. And I, I feel like I have a really beautiful connection with Deacon now, which is just really great. And my husband and I have been really intentional about, 
um, you know, keeping our communication really wide open. Um, just if I am struck, cause I do still, I, I don't struggle with the, with the postpartum depression anymore, but I do have anxiety, yeah. um, still. And so, uh, just really keeping those lines of communication open with him. Um, I have a few other friends and family members that I've been able to, uh, you know, they pretty regularly check in and ask how I'm doing on things. And mm-hmm. so uh, I, I, I feel like I'm, I don't think that my mind will ever fully be healed this side of heaven. I think that postpartum has changed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've come to grips with that's okay, that God has, has allowed this to be a part of my story for a very specific reason. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to see some of the beauty from the ashes. And um, so I have, I, I feel really fortunate. I'm, I'm speaking with a few MOPS groups this coming year, just about postpartum depression and how God has met me in that and just to encourage them. And so already I am seeing some of these, some of this fruit that's coming from that, um, from just faithfully trying to walk through that as best I can. And yeah. um, so I'm just, I'm thankful for where God's led me. Yeah. I think something that you said um, that you are, accepting in faith that that you may not be healed the way that you're picturing or that it may not mm-hmm. you may not ever go back to like this you know pre third kid or or even pre child level of you know mental soundness which really like who of us does I'm not sure exactly. that that is real but um but that you're <clears throat> like I am seeing that God is doing work in that and you know mm-hmm. just because he isn't um healing the way that we picture doesn't mean he isn't a healer and he isn't healing others through that and not not to diminish at all that like there are still struggles for you and with and for me even and I I struggle with anxiety too um but that he is true to who he is like he can't not Mm -hmm. be a healer and so he is healing our souls even when he's not healing our bodies yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the one of the verses that I've really clung to during all of this is just Second Timothy one seven. Um, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self discipline. Um, and I have just seen I have just seen in this whole journey that the power and the love and the self discipline or the self control, I guess if you would call it that. Um, those three things look very different for me post postpartum depression mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or mm-hmm. after postpartum depression and now dealing with anxiety. Um, so yeah, like you said, the healing looks different. I am different, but because of his spirit inside of me, um, I am still able to, I am still able to proclaim his goodness and proclaim the gospel. And that part of it hasn't changed. Um, and so for all the things in me that are different, like I definitely can tell that I am a little more subdued just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that I struggled with the most is that I, I haven't been my, you know, my normal, you know, my normal self. Um, and I feel like I'm getting there, you know, a little bit more week after week, um, but the thing that hasn't changed is his power and his love and his self self discipline within me. Um, he's just equipping me differently with those things now. And so, um, it's just, it's neat to see how uh, a portion of scripture that I clung to before postpartum depression, um, now means something very different and, and really just more beautiful than it did, than it did back then. So, yeah, I don't know if you, um, are familiar with if gathering, Yes, uh-huh. that was the verse that they focused on for this whole um, 
this year, the t- 2018 oh, was If it Gathering. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I um I went to a live stream of it here in um, Olathe, Kansas, and yeah, it was all of Second Timothy. Like they they started, I think, in um they actually read I think the first four books throughout the the time. Okay. If I'm I may be wrong on the books, but they that verse was like the focus of multiple people's talk. So you'll have to check out the live stream of that. I or I guess will, yeah. the, and the I feed. just love Jenny Allen. Yes. Um, her book. I don't know if you've read her book, anything. I have um, not, but that book, I read that book. Oh, has it been three years now? Three falls ago. Um, and that book just significantly changed my life. I mean, it really, uh, just caused me to take a step back and say, okay, God, like, am I willing to give you anything? Mm. And am I willing to lay anything down at the foot of the cross if it means going further for your glory? And I feel like for me, reading that book then has prepared me for what I've been going through this year and preparing me for what I'm going through now. Um, and it's just been a beautiful, just kind of beautifully come full circle. And I feel like it's going to continue to, but yeah, if you have not read that book, anything by Jenny Allen, it is just, yeah, Ooh, it's, it's a life changer. That's for sure. Okay. I'm going to put it in my, um, audible wish list. So <laughs> I'm, I do a lot of audiobooks cause I don't sit down very often to read, yeah. but I will, I'm going to add it to the list. Um, so what is it like kind of stewarding this platform that God has given you? He's, you find yourself with a much bigger platform than you originally intended or, you know, thought you would ever have. And I'm just curious because, you know, obviously you are, if you're writing for, you know, today parenting, like what does it look like to straddle that line of, you know, or I don't know how you would describe this, but basically like the secular and the sacred and how do you, yes. uh, how does your faith and your, what you believe kind of color, how you present yourself in that? in that world? That's a really awesome question. Um, and I'm really glad that you asked it because this is something that as, as my business has gotten bigger, I have just continued to wrestle with that. Um, because, you know, clearly I, my, my desire behind the blog is to present the gospel and to present biblical encouragement. Uh, and over the last year I have really been tested to throw myself, uh, really to the world. (laughs) Um, there's a lot of really pretty things that the world can offer, right? Um, there's a lot of ways that I could maybe water down the gospel or, um, not speak of, of God and what he's doing actively in my life. And there have been situations where that I have had to turn down, you know, in, um, in the secular world and just with some other things. Um, and just being really, um, just being really prayerfully considerate of um, what I need to do and who I need to team up with. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense at yeah, all. Yeah. Um, but I've been presented different opportunities over the last uh, year or two, but really just in the last year, and just trying to use biblical discernment. It's like, okay, God, here is this opportunity. This could be really good, and maybe it's good, but maybe that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that that's what you want, right? you know? Um, and so really just having to seek wisdom, um, from scripture 
seeking uh, wisdom and encouragement from my husband and from our Bible study group and our family. Um, but there is definitely that line, you know, because when you're writing for the secular world, you know, the words God and Jesus are not a popular thing, you know, yeah. um, faith isn't necessarily general faith is fine, but when you bring your deity into it, it's not the most popular thing in the right. world. Um, and so being careful about, you know, writing, you know, writing things that are really on my heart that I feel like God wants me to share, but doing it to a point where I am not um, being ashamed of the gospel, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has been a hard, a hard line to, to do that. I, I kind of have like a tiered system <laughs> that I have actually worked out, um, where I can write about some things that maybe don't talk about God as much. Um, but things that are still important, like what we've been talking about, like loneliness and motherhood. Um, I've written a number of articles about sex and intimacy after kids, um, things that don't necessarily have to, um, talk about God or talk about the gospel, but in a way, those things are still very important. They're a very important part of my life and writing about those for different secular, uh, online journals or stations. Um, it then draws people back to the blog where I can then present them with the gospel. Right. Um, because on my blog, I can do whatever, you know, whatever I feel like God is calling me to do. And I will never back down from sharing the gospel or having that be my primary goal, right. um, on the blog. And so, uh, you know, even in the early church, you know, in Acts, they were very strategic about how they went out and um, and presented the gospel and where they went to and who they who they sent to go and present there um, and the different stories that they would tell to draw people in. And just like they were strategic in the early church in Acts, I feel like I am having to be very strategic here at From Block Top to Dirt Road because in the end, the only thing that matters is the gospel of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, But how I present that to people, how I draw people in so that they can hear the good news, that matters. Being strategic matters. Having a plan matters. And so that has been something that um, I have just really been able to uh, kind of hone in on, I guess you would say, over the last year and really be able to prioritize where my words are. Um, and, and ultimately, yeah, just have these great opportunities on these different platforms to draw people in and then present the gospel to them. That's awesome. Yeah. You're the, you, when you were talking, I thought of Romans one sixteen. for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power mm-hmm. of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first mm-hmm. and also to the Greek. And just looking at that verse, I'm drawn to the fact that, it says that the gospel is the power of God for salvation, not us, you know, and Mm -hmm. that actually removes the weight of that. You may feel sometimes that I may feel sometimes that I've got to go and convert the masses. Like it's on me and really, truly it's not. I mean, like God does invite us into that work and call us to be faithful in sharing and Mm -hmm. not to be ashamed, but ultimately it's the Holy spirit and, and he will work when, when and how he will choose to work and that you're being faithful in, in being strategic and, and being intentional with how you're sharing that message, but also allowing that like God is going to do his good work with or without you. And that's just, you know, it's so freeing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I have, um, here in my office, I have like a couple like inspirational sticky notes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) me and some of my writing friends, we have a lot of sticky note, like goals and just ideas that we, that just what we really cling to in our writing and in our profession. And, 
Um, one of them says, in my obedience, his glory is found. And mm-hmm. for me, just reading that sticky note every day and knowing that if I am not obedient, he is not going to be glorified through it. And so um, I can write something that's going to do really, really well, uh, maybe on a larger platform or something that, you know, maybe points to something more of the world. But is it going to glorify God? Um, is it something that is out of uh, selfish ambition or vain conceit? Or am I writing it in humility? Mm-hmm. Um, and am I writing it for his glory and not my own? And so that has been a good, that little sticky note has been such a good reminder for me as I've tried to tread these kind of uncharted waters of writing for a secular company and then writing for a company that is faith-based, her view from home is, um, but it's, it's more of like a, we're not going to really tell you how to feel, but we're welcome to share your faith perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, those are kind of the three different things that I write for. And so I'm really just trying to be obedient in what God's called me to do that. But again, like you were talking about, um, in Romans, just to not be ashamed mm-hmm. and, uh, just to remember that, that, that's my goal. My goal is to draw people into to, to the gospel and then to let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest. Yeah, exactly. Thank goodness that it is not on us to make oh, that happen. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me shift gears here. Um, how do you deal with mom guilt? Is that something you deal with? How do you deal with it? How have you approached that? Yeah, mom guilt is... Oh, it's painful, right? It's real. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't real. (laughs) I know. And, but it is, it's a real thing. And I think that sometimes as moms, we don't really want to admit that it's a thing, but Mm -hmm. it really is. Um, for me, uh, for me with mom guilt, it's about, you know, everybody says you have to try and balance everything. And I don't know what that word means. I really don't. Um, but for me, it, it does come with, um, when my time, when my time I do have with my kids, um, I try to be intentional about it. Um, one of the other reasons that we've started, started to have work hours for me is that I felt like I was always on my phone and I felt like that was taking away from being with my kids. And so really now just trying to have my phone and my computer away and just really the time that I do have them with them just to be intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that I have said for years on my blog, um, is that I am a recovering perfectionist. I, for most of my life have expected perfection from myself and I am, I am in the recovering phase of that. It is still a struggle for me every day, but that's where a lot of my mom guilt comes in, right? Because I'm not spending, you know, equal time with each kid, or I didn't do this right today, or I didn't do that. Or, well, my kids had goldfish for dinner, so I'm a pretty (laughs) terrible mom. Um, but for me, it, it just, it continues to in where that guilt is. I have just continued at the end of the day, just to lay that at the foot of the cross, honestly, just to intentionally do that. Um, and just to, just to bring those things before God, um, and just honestly and humbly just say like, I cannot carry this burden. Like I need you to lift it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that has just been one thing intentionally that I've had to do. And honestly, there are a lot of times, Haley, that I just have to say sorry to my kids because sometimes that mom guilt, um, 
is not necessarily just mom guilt, but it is also the Holy Spirit. Like if I haven't done as good of a, like if I was snappy with my kids, um, because I've just had a busy day, you know, some Mm -hmm. of that could be mom guilt because, well, I'm just busy and I have a lot on my plate, but actually it's the spirit that's just beckoning me to be more gentle with your kids, take more time with your children. And so for me, it's really been finding the difference between what is the stuff that's mom guilt that is just everyday stuff that I really can't control. But what is some of this stuff that I really do need to seek forgiveness for with my kids and, and repent to the Lord and have my heart just be softened to him. Um, but really with, with the whole mom guilt thing and, and trying to find a balance, um, for me, it is just truly taking it day by day. Um, children are unpredictable. Um, my children like to get sick all the time. And that throws me off. I don't know if that throws you off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But that throws me off. And so there's this, um, not perfect world that I'm living in. And as a recovering perfectionist, like that just makes the inside of my head just scream. Um, but again, just keeping that constant conversation like that I was talking about earlier, um, just keeping that constant conversation with the Lord and having that scripture just right up front, um, in the forefront of my mind and being able to use that when, when Satan wants to take the actual mom guilt part and make me feel ashamed for it and make me feel less than, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but that's when I can remember that, that second Timothy one seven, no, like God has not given me a power of spirit or a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power and love and, and self control and self discipline. And so having those things, it just really redirects my heart. Um, one thing that I will share, this is kind of a, I don't know, a helpful tip mm-hmm. that I have found though, because I am a perfectionist at heart. Like I, I truly think that God just made me to like things a certain way in a certain order. Right. Um, and I do, I do try and have a schedule morning, noon, and night. I mean, I try and start my day by getting the coffee, emptying the dishwasher, starting a load of laundry at noon. I change the laundry out. I make lunch and then I clean it up and I do a quick pickup of the toys Mm -hmm. in the evening before bed. I clean up after dinner. I fold my laundry and put it away and then I clean up all the toys. So there, there is something to, for me, having a little bit of a schedule for myself, um, that kind of helps me with some of that mom guilt. Cause then I'm like, Oh, I didn't get this cleaned up or I didn't get this done or nobody has clean underwear. Um, and so it, that really has helped me with some of those mom guilt things just to have a little bit of a schedule, um, that has kind of helped to keep me grounded a little bit, especially since trying to get back into things after postpartum, because I had zero desire to do anything, um, when I was really in the thick of it, which is again, very opposite for me. Cause I was one of those people that before postpartum, I had a super rigid schedule, Mm -hmm. um, I like our house was perfect and pristine all the time and boy, postpartum turned that (laughs) <laughs> it, it turned it upside down for me. Right. Um, and so, so having, but, but really having some sort of a schedule, it does help me to kind of stay grounded at least with what I have to do during the day at home. Yeah. And that's so important, especially for, you know, moms who spend the majority of their time at home, whether you're working mm-hmm. from home or, or just with your kids. I mean, I think you can always find that there is something more important than the laundry or something more important than cleaning up the toys that have kind of been nagging at your brain for the last, you know, day or two. But if you don't schedule that in, it'll never get done. I mean, and yes, husbands help, but I think 
I tend to, um, you know, if I let that go in pursuit of like this bigger, more important priority, and I just say like, I don't have time for that today. I end up, like you said, like kind of wallowing later in the mom guilt of like, I can't even stay on top of my own laundry. I can't even do these things. And it's not a healthy place to go. And it could have been avoided if I had just done the thing when I saw it. And it really only takes five minutes. You know, we, we have this idea that like, Oh, I don't have time for this. I just have to do all these other things. I'm so important. And, you know, and then it really doesn't serve us well at all. And if you just took the five minutes, then you wouldn't spend the hours of telling yourself that you're not staying on top of your life, you know, like all the other moms are. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Let me just ask you the three questions that I ask every guest. What is your favorite tip for moms? So, um, anything along the lines of like organizing or efficiency or meals or just a tip that is helpful for you in your life? Yeah. Um, well for me personally, meal planning has changed my life. Okay. I'm going to need that, that, um, that talk because I'm really bad at this. (laughs) Well, it, it really truly has changed my life. It's changed my life for shopping. Um, it's changed my life for being able to actually just tell my family what we're having. Cause you know, like that's the first thing that they ask when we, when they get up, like, what are we having for lunch? Mm -hmm. What are we having for dinner? They don't even ask about breakfast. Um, right. So meal planning for me has been super helpful. Um, and I've, I've posted a couple of times on the blog, um, about that as well with like a week long meal plan. And for me, my husband eats at home every single meal. Like he's not gone for work. He comes home and he eats. And so for me, that's 14 meals a week that I'm cooking. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's 14 meals a week that I'm having to prepare for and and think about. And so meal planning has been a, a life a lifesaver for me. Um, and, and Pinterest has too, in that sense, I, I love trying to do Pinterest recipes and things like that. But, um, really my, my tip besides like organization and things like that is just to fall down on your face at the feet of Jesus every morning. Mm, because if, if we don't do that first thing in the morning, chances are the rest of our day is going to be chaotic and we're going to be, scrambling around trying to do everything ourselves when if we would have just done that first thing in the morning, uh, it would have really changed the outcome of our day. And so those are my, between meal planning and falling at the feet of Jesus (laughs) every morning, that's, those those are my two tips. Those are actually two very practical tips. So I love it. (laughs) Um, so what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? I love Target. Oh man. I I love Target. Um, (laughs) So Target, but I love, um, I love to get like a really good cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love to go antique shopping. Oh I mean, gosh, it is just me my very favorite thing. Um, if you or anybody else who's listening has ever looked at any of my farmhouse home tours, mm-hmm. um, everything in my house is vintage or antique. Uh, when we first moved to the farm, Four years ago, my husband and my father-in-law actually built our house themselves. Oh my gosh! Um, and That's so awesome. we designed the farmhouse, we furnished it, we—I mean, we painted every. We literally did everything in our house. Um, and so I love home decor. I love uh, color schemes and patterns and textures and things like that. But my my heart really lies with antique shopping. I mean, I could go and look at old rusty junky junky stuff for hours and I would just be happy as a clam. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I was raised on that stuff. I used to go garage (laughs) selling with my grandma as like a seven year old. So I, it's in my blood. 
It's in your blood. Yep. Yep. It's not going anywhere. Um, and then lastly, what verse or scripture passage is giving you life right now and why? Yeah. Well, I had mentioned, I had already mentioned second Timothy one seven, but, mm-hmm. um, the, the verse that I have really clung to, uh, this last year, just with my postpartum depression has been Isaiah forty one ten, And that's, and that's a verse that a lot of people know. Um, and probably a lot of people have memorized, but for me, it was really something that I just clung to this year. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, and that to me is just such a tangible, um, such a tangible reminder that it is not my strength that I am up and walking. It is not my strength that I can do what I need to do during the day. It is only by the grace and the strength of God um, that I can rely on um, that will really enable me to be whoever, whoever it is he, he's wanting me to be. And so mm-hmm. Isaiah 41.10 has just been um, a really clutch verse for me this year. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, I just had one more question pop into my head if if I can ask you. Um, yeah. What would you, because you started your own, I mean, you started with a blog that you mm-hmm. just wanted to update friends and family as you guys had moved away from your hometown. Um, what, what advice would you give to the woman who is like, man, it just sounds so easy. You just started this blog and then everybody started trying to get you on their show. I mean, you know, I know that's not actually how it happened, but if you could just kind of speak to like how, how to figure out like something that you enjoy doing or that you love and may or may not be able to turn into a business, but what what would you say to the, the mom who is curious about that and wondering how to get something started? Yeah, I would just say I actually get that question a lot, especially for blogging. A lot of I've had a number of women reach out to me over the last oh, probably six months or so asking, you know, well, how do you you know, I think everybody's main question is how do you make money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you make money off of it? And for me, you know, I've been blogging for four years now and just in the last six months is when I've really been making money um, right. or any type of considerable profit. Um, and so for me, if, if it's something that God has truly put on your heart or something that you really just want to do for fun, just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think that for a lot of women, uh, blogging can be a lot like journaling. Um, their businesses like that can be, um, a lot, a lot like journaling. Um, but if you want it to be a business, you do have to treat it like a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's, I think really knowing <laughs> what you want it to be, if you just want your blog to be something fun and something, you know, just to keep your family up to date or just something, um, that you just like to do on the side, great, go into it like that. Um, but if it's something that you want to actually have be your profession and your job, you need to go in, into it like that. For me, it was kind of hard to make that transition from something fun to something serious. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's not still fun. It's, it's one of the highlights of my day every day is going to work and doing what I do. Um, but if you do want to treat it like a business or if you want, if you want to make a profit and you want to see it really grow, um, there's a lot of steps that you can take, you know, to make that happen, but you do have to be serious about it going in because if you're not, um, a, you're going to waste a lot of money probably because actually setting up a blog sometimes can be really costly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and B, you're just going to be disappointed. Um, and so I would, I would say to have the mindset going in, if you want it to be for fun or for business, um, but if you want it to be for business, keep God in the middle of it, 
Um, Hmm. the times that I have strayed away and tried to kind of do things on my own, um, I could just tell that the Lord did not bless that. Hmm. Um, and so really just trying to honor God, um, even just in between all of your business transactions. Like for me, that's a big thing. There's a lot of behind the scene things that happen for the blog, Mm -hmm. uh, that nobody really knows about except for me and my husband, but doing those things, even for God's glory and doing those with honor and character and, um, and just making those connections and things like that. Um, if you are, if you are a believer in Christ, um, you are called to, um, act godly in all areas, even blogging and, and your business side. And so, um, I would just really encourage you just to, to keep him at the heart of all of your decisions as, as you're starting that process. So, yeah, well, that's, that's good advice. And maybe, maybe next time in the future you come on, we'll have you do a whole episode on how to start a blog. But <laughs> for today, I really appreciate your time. That's so, um, just been really fun to talk with you and chat with you. And you're from Kansas City, where I'm from. So, yeah, next Go time Royals. you're next time you're in town, we should grab a really nice cup of coffee at like Key Coffee or something. I would love that. Maybe we could hit up a couple antique stores. Oh too, my gosh! So. Yes, you're speaking my language. <laughs> well, my grandmother actually lives in Jefferson City, Missouri. So when I go visit her. That's all we do is we just garage sale and go to antique shops and actually we go and pick people's houses um, who she's friends with who oh, have like like yeah. just Civil War homes that have literally oh. been there for hundreds of years that are just, I mean, extremely not cared for, but really, really good for finding awesome stuff. So Yeah. Oh, your grandma sounds like my kind of girl. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. And, and how do people connect with you or where should they find you online? Yeah, if they want to find me online, my blog is www.fromblacktoptodirtroad.com. You can also find me on Facebook um, at From Blacktop to Dirt Road uh, on there as well. And then I'm also on Instagram um, okay. at Lauren Spock. So you can find me in all three of those places. And if you have a desire to reach out to have me uh, for a speaking engagement, there's also a section there on my blog in the contact section, a form that you can fill out and I'll get back to you as soon as I can with that. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I loved my conversation with Lauren and I know you did too. I so appreciate the example she is setting for us to show up real and vulnerable and how that makes it okay for others to be who they really are too. She writes that way, but she clearly is also very real, even in just talking to her. You can tell she isn't putting up any fronts. I really appreciate her heart for moms. We share that in common. And then finally, before we go, I just want to take a minute to say I'm having so much fun. I knew when I set out at the beginning of all of this that it was going to be a lot of work. I knew I'd have to write the episodes, interview the guests, produce the podcast, because I actually edit it and do all of that myself right now. And then I knew I'd have to promote it and share it with you guys on social media, etc. But what I didn't know was just how much fun it would be. Some of you know, as I mentioned in episode one, that I'm a web designer. And so my career there is actually spent building things for other people. And this has been such a fun project for me because I've been able to have some agency over creating a thing. Whereas when you're designing for clients, you're serving their tastes and their vision. So this has been really life-giving for me in a way that I didn't anticipate, which, you know, I bet God did know that. So bonus, Um, I'm actually having a lot of fun doing it. And I'm also so grateful for the kind words that I have received on iTunes and the messages that I've been sent on Instagram 
it's just been a joy to hear that you guys are excited for the podcast and for one that is covering this sometimes challenging intersection of work and motherhood. So I just want to say thank you for those reviews and kind words that I've received so far. And please let me know how you're liking the topics that we're covering, as well as if there's a specific question or topic you'd like to see us cover. I've created a place on the website where you can submit your idea for a topic. Or if there's someone you'd like me to chat with, I'm totally accepting of any suggestions for who you think would be a great person to hear from. Just head to kindledpodcast.com slash submit, and you'll be able to fill out a form there with any suggestions for ideas or people I should talk to. You're also totally welcome to direct message me on Instagram at kindledpodcast, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash kindledpodcast as well. Okay, I think that's it for announcements. So I will see you guys here next Monday. Bye-bye.